Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to Leaving a Legacy. I am your host, Brian Cook. Leaving a Legacy is sponsored by Hipsters of the Coast and TheEpicStorm.com. This week, we have two special guests, Jerry Mee and Patrick Uglow. Guys, welcome to the cast. <laughs> so excited to be on the cast. Oh, man. I had like all of these snarky responses ready to go for Brian, but uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm too happy. I'm, I, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to my own cast, Brian. Gerald, why are you happy today? I'm so goddamn happy. Ding dong. The shaman's dead. The shaman's dead. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about it too. <laughs> Oh man, I, we had we had a packed episode already today, and then Watsy just dropped a bomb on us this morning. So, buckle up, kids! It's going to be a roller coaster of an episode. There's going to be laughing. There's going to be crying. There's going to be more laughing. It's going to be grand. So, before we get to that, why don't we talk about something that happened over the weekend? <laughs> I heard that the two of you had some sort of event. Why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> yeah, we had this great event at, uh, you know, Acton, Massachusetts, gaming, etc. You know, our, our awesome LGS out here. Uh, we had a little legacy showdown, right, Pat? Yes, sir. We had the uh, Leaving a Legacy inaugural 3K at gaming, etc. It was aw- it was so much fun. We streamed it all day. It was uh, It was a lot of work. But uh, it was really exciting. Oh, man. It was really exciting. There were so many. So who do you think probably had the coolest shirt there? <laughs> uh, if you just had to pick a random oh person. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get this out of the way. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, because I'm in such a good mood, Brian, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. You did have an awesome Sandlot shirt. <laughs> with hot dogs it's the greatest 90s movie. hot dogs and and uh i forgot the name what's what's the name of the uh the freckled redheaded kid hambino is that really his name like bitch. it's not that's what they call that's what the shirt was like yeah 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 that's it's not as i can't remember his name he he says the great bambino in the movie but i can't remember his name I mean, it's probably like Splot or something. I mean, it's it's a great movie, so everyone should just kind of pause this podcast and go pop that VHS copy of The it, Sandlot in your parents' yeah, basement. Yeah, you haven't seen The Sandlot. I mean, that's it's just it's classic. It's classic. Just pop that right in the VCR and uh, you know go to town. <laughs> <laughs> on a serious, but uh, on a more serious note, oh, wow, I interrupted you, Gerald. My actual idiom, cheese. Uh, yeah. I'm the host now. <laughs> the host with the most. Uh, yeah, we. So the event this weekend was a lot of fun. I'm definitely glad Hell, I made it. Yeah, and that's that's not just because you had a slumber party at my house, you know, two nights in a row. That part was okay. <laughs> I will say, so both Bryant and Wilson uh, crashed at my apartment uh, for the Friday and Saturday night of the tournament. And uh, I'm going to say, I, I heard some nocturnal rumblings going on coming from the living room. Would you, <laughs> would you like to share some, uh, you know, inside secrets? You guys uh, comparing uh, sideboard notes in the middle of the night? 
Uh, something along those lines. It's really weird. My air mattress was a little more deflated in the morning. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, well, Brian, the tournament was especially uh, good for you. I, I hear you were treated pretty well from, uh, you know, the stream. Uh, maybe I didn't get to see the stream. Where is it? Uh, that's Pat. a good question. <sighs> All right. Do you want me to go over this real quick? Yeah, let's let's get let's All get right. the elephant so... out, of the, out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we had a bit of a snafu. So Wilson Hunter of the Brainstorm show uh, came up to the tournament to stream with us and also to debut a really cool Twitch extension. He's been working on with cardboard live, which uh, was highly lauded during the, uh, during the tournament series. Um, it's basically an extension that anyone who's watching Twitch currently on their PC or in the fu- in the near future, he said within the next month, you'll be able to do this on your smartphone as well. Uh, so while you're watching Twitch, there's like a little box that hovers uh, over the player on each side of the screen and you can click the box and it'll pop out their entire deck list and sideboard as well. And like, if you hover over the names of the cards, the card images will actually pop up. So it's super cool. People felt like it made, made the experience super interactive when they were able to look at someone's deck list and see, you know, maybe how many outs could they possibly draw or what outs do they have to a situation or just get a, a better sense of what deck they're playing. Um, it's a really, really neat extension. So, uh, unfortunately, when Wilson got up here, he realized at the last minute that only the cardboard live Twitch page would work with the extension right now. They didn't have it set for the Leaving Legacy page to work. So not a big deal. We streamed from the uh, Cardboard Live page, and then I just essentially hosted the Cardboard Live page through the Leaving Legacy page. So if someone came to leave the Legacy page, they'd be able to see the stream, just like we planned, right? The other issue um, is that because... <laughs> Unpacking this complicated tech box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, apo- I apologize, but I think it's important for everyone to kind of know what happened. So so this guy sprung on me probably 10 minutes before we started, um, maybe like 20 minutes before we started uh, uh, streaming the, the tournament. So not a lot of downtime. You know, we're setting up the computer, getting the camera set, making sure there was no glare on the cards, which I th- I feel like was uh, a huge success for the weekend. Um, but uh, so we got that sprung on us. We figured out a workaround so that people could still see it through the Leaving Lexi page. However, because Wilson hasn't streamed on Cardboard Live yet um, like I do on, on, on Modo – he didn't have it set to archive past broadcasts. And to be honest with you, that's on me because I'm the only one of the three of us who actually actively streams on Twitch. And it didn't really occur to me to check his settings before we started streaming. So um, unfortunately, uh, right when we finished streaming, I realized, oh, oh, that might be a problem. And I turned it on <laughs> after the end of the <laughs> no, final stream. Literally, uh, literally, Pat goes, end stream, and then th- like – Beat like end stream beat. Were we recording that? <laughs> it was like yeah. me oh, and no, Wilson. Yeah. Was, this, was this archive? <laughs> me and Wilson just did like a double like, take, uh, double take, just in the like what? It was just like the like setting up. You know, we were there. We got there at what like set, like eight thirty, and the tournament started. It ended up starting right, right around ten thirty. But like you know, we got to get. I got to bring my whole computer, my monitors, all my stuff there, recording equipment, green screens. Got to set up all the cameras for all the stuff. So it was just, there was just a lot going on that morning. And uh, it's just on me. Like uh, it's definitely my fault. No, no, um, I blame. You know, I don't have any. I blame for that. Twitch. We are trying to. No, the, the Twitch. Twitch fucked up in two regards. One was it was supposed to be live so that we could use it on the leaving a legacy profile, and Twitch just fucked up and didn't do that. And two, why is not recording the default? Like when why. 
For once, I have to agree with Jerry. <laughs> yeah, this like is archiving. Yeah. yeah, why is that not well, the default? Yeah, like it, it's why is the default still, to erase still, everything? Yeah, I, I don't know, but still, I still think that it's you know I take ownership of that. So um, Wilson did message uh, Twitch, and he's waiting for a reply on them. Unfortunately, they're like a a Monday through Friday deal; they don't do twenty four seven customer support. So we're trying to see if we can get it back. Um, but absolute worst case scenario, all that stuff is lost. But well, that is that is what it is. Um, it's definitely a lesson learned for the next one that we do, which will be coming up in the next few months for sure. So I care about it being lost because there's this really gorgeous deck <laughs> that was on screen five times. Yeah, the, the Merfolk deck was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't worry, Burn. Brian. Real quick before we move on to the tournament itself, um, I've been talking to people, and some people independently recorded matches. So I'm trying to gather those together so we can at least get those up so we can kind of post as much of the tournament as we can, even if it's not all of it. Uh, also, yeah, we're gonna try to, gonna try to cool. salvage what we can. Yeah. Also, if you're listening to this and you recorded any part of the tournament, if you could send that to us, we would be eternally grateful. That would be super awesome. If if you just happened to kind of record it for your own personal archive, um, and you had a copy that you could send to us, that would be great. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, actually, unintentionally, there was so much storm in the uh, in the tournament between you and Anthony, who also top aided. Uh, like five of the feature matches had storm in them. It was a good day. It was a good day. day. (laughs) Uh, In fact, it was such a good day. uh, Not only did Storm get two copies in the top eight, uh, I heard it took down the two in the two in the top four, and one as the grand winner. Uh, Who was that, Bryant? I know you've been holding back. Crank book, I believe his name was. (laughs) Was it Kyrus? Maybe I swapped some letters around. I don't know. Really good looking job. Uh, no, but but uh, you you took it down, Brian. You had a just a phenomenal tournament. Did you end up going XO into the into the at the end of Swiss, or were you X one? I was X one. Okay. I lost to the Manalist Dredge gentleman. Oh, that's right. Okay, which is an amazing matchup, and uh, I kind of just booted. Yeah. I didn't really play make any play mistakes, but my deck the fail rate happened, yeah. which is something that happens with combo yep. decks. So. Mm-hmm. Actually, so Anthony, who was the other uh, test deck in the format, um, he had some ridiculous ad nauseums where he had one ad nauseum where he had no right to win whatsoever. And yet he still pulled it, pulled it off. And then he had another ad nauseum where he like fizzled at 18 life with ad nauseum. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty brutal. We got the full spectrum of uh, Storm's emotional quotient. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's that's part of what you come to expect from the deck, right, Brian? I mean, sometimes you just have to run hot and things will happen where it just f- sort of falls apart. The wheels fall off. Yeah, that is running combo. Um, one thing I will re- I will mention, um, since we we're talking about the top eight, I got a chance to check out Rich Shea's stream yesterday. And he was t- kind of doing a breakdown of the, of the tournament, Jerry. And I wanted to mention to you, because we had mentioned it on the stream, so people who had watched that might be curious – why Rich was running an, uh, a copy of Badlands in his sideboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, his reasoning was, so people are going to try to attack the uh, Grixis mana base as best they can. And also, a lot of his sideboard options were double black or double red casting cost. And so he felt like sometimes siding that in over a wasteland uh, would improve his mana base significantly. So that was the reason why he was running the Badlands there. Because he was running like Marsh Casualties and a few other double black cards in the sideboard. 
Yeah. Uh, what was our, our top eight uh, breakdown? So we had Bryant and Anthony both on Storm. Yep. Uh, we had Adam was on Elves. Yep. Rich Shea was the other finalist. Rich Shea came in second on Grixis Delver. That's correct. Uh, there was another Grixis Delver uh, player in the top eight as well. Do you remember who it was? So I don't remember. We will do a more in-depth uh, breakdown next week. I'm actually getting all the deck lists. So yes. I'm going to try to transcribe all the deck lists. I'll have a metagame breakdown and I'll, I'll, I have his and name. I'll post the top eight deck. It was as Michael well. Rapp. Yes. Rapp. Yes. Yep. And we had a Merfolk player as well. Yep. That was Drew Frey. Drew Freyer? Yes. I'm, gonna, I'm butchering and, that. And I believe, was there a Turbo Depths player in the top eight? There okay. was. Uh, I don't know his real name, but his online handle is DNS. Oh, yeah. Curtis. Yes. Yeah, so we had we had Turbo Depths, Merfolk, uh, two Tess, uh, two Grixis. Sorry, two Tes, two Grixis. <laughs> Brian Cringe. <laughs> I know, I know. I apologize. <laughs> uh, in the in the top eight, so that was our top eight. Brian, what is more cringeworthy for you? People mispronouncing your own name or people mispronouncing the Epic Storm? Uh, it's worse when people call Tes Tess. <laughs> Worse than mispronouncing your own name. That's that's how much you're invested in in the namesake. <laughs> yes. All right. It's an acronym. Everyone, keep keep that uh, keep that in mind. Everyone. Uh, but yeah, so next week we'll kind of do a more general breakdown of the tournament uh, once we actually get the de- uh, meta analysis down. Uh, this week, though, Brian, I just want to talk about your personal journey. Tell us kind of like how, how the day was, what you were expecting, what you ended up running into, and just kind of t- take us through from round one to the finals. So Jerry's basically asking you to record this episode for us because we are fucking gassed for this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we got back from the tournament, and Bryant and Wilson were like, yeah, let's go drinking. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? I'm f- <laughs> you missed out on a great time. Yeah, apparently I a did. I woke time. up the next morning, and Bryant and Wilson regaled me of tales of their drinking alone in Boston without me. Am I allowed to oh, share? Oh, of course. <laughs> so we ended up going to some dive bar in downtown Boston, and we walk in, and it's like kind of a hole in the wall. They have like $5 relatively good beers. Watching a Giants game against the Diamondbacks. Great night. And all of a sudden, the music stops, and it's Uptown Girl, for those of you who care. <laughs> and the bartenders, who are all relatively short, are kicking out two giant guys. And uh, the entire bar stops. And then there's another pause. And we're like, why isn't the music coming back on? And they're now kicking out four people, two gentlemen and two ladies, who are apparently having sex in the bathroom. Nice. And as the door finishes closing, all you hear is Uptown Girls. It was like directly out of a movie. Like you hear like the record scratch, like, like get the hell out of here, Uptown Girls. Living in Uptown. Uh, yeah, I was sad I missed that when I uh, when I heard the story the next morning. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You I did. Out. I was just dead after that tournament. All I like it was also it was like a hundred degrees there because we were in the middle of a heat wave up in New England. Actually, I guess the entire country is in a heat wave. But uh, yeah, it was like a hundred degrees. I was wearing a full suit. Spent uh, all day casting, running around, making sure everything's working, running wires through ceilings, and I was just dead. I had I could not believe that Wilson agreed to go out drinking with you afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, with me yeah. especially. <laughs> so, we the night before when I arrived into Boston, Wilson bought me a burrito so I could meet them back at Jerry's place. 
So I was paying him 99 cent increments throughout the day, <laughs> but I never finished. And so we get down to the bars and he's like, just buy me a beer. So I end up going, I end up paying back what I owe plus $13. I haven't received a cent from Wilson. At least I was giving him, him his cents in 90 cents. Me and Wilson were joking that he was going to get like arrested by the FBI or the C or the uh, IRS for like money laundering, just like structured payments. Do you know how, do you know how suspicious, suspicious it is in the finance world to receive the same dollar amount in repeated increments over a short period of time? That just screams terrorism. <laughs> Now, 99 cents in increments probably isn't going to set off any red bells. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, want to talk a little bit more yeah, about the yeah. event? Uh, well, I guess before even just the event itself, what were you expecting going into it? Did you have any idea of what the meta was, or were you just kind of going in with, uh, you know, hoping for the best? So, whenever I prepare for an event, I always look at it very similarly to the Moto metagame. Because I feel like online is the steepest competition you will have in mm -hmm. Legacy. So if you can thrive online, you can do well anywhere. Like, my online win percentage is always slightly worse than my paper. Yeah. Excuse me. In paper, I'm like 73%. Online, I'm like 66%. Sometimes 64 if I'm in a lull. But <laughs> in a lull. <laughs> lull. Uh, yes. But uh, I expected a lot of Grixis Delver, a lot of Pile. And not to foreshadow too much, but I was having a discussion at the event, and we were talking about if you had to pick a third best deck after those two, could you? And it's a really steep drop-off. There just really isn't anything. Like, you could argue maybe Miracles or Turbo Depths, but are those even the next best? I'm not sure. Yeah. So, I think it's well, I think I think uh, uh, Wilson's favorite format, if you just took Grixis, Delver, and Check Pile out of the picture... It really is a wide open format. You don't know what else is there, and then, but unfortunately, you just have these other, other uh, decks just head and shoulders above everything else. But I don't know. Now I just kind of feel like our entire breakdown is meaningless because all of it's changed. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of comments today saying that they're hoping the format goes back to the golden age of Legacy, being 2010 to 2000. Oh, the mental misstep days. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I saw those comments too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if theoretically if we could ever go back to a format as great as that would be terrific but i think you have to kind of just accept where it's going to go and enjoy it for what it is rather than wanting it to be something else yeah i agree i mean i love that time frame and legacy as well you know i i played during the mental misstep days and yes mental misstep was absolutely terrible but i don't i mean mm, i don't think they're talking about like a misstep. no format. exactly i think exactly. they're talking about like the yeah. maverick heyday that was my the second half of my point bryant that that kind of meta of like esper Stoneblade, rug delver goblins maverick like you had these like fair decks that were all kind of paper rock paper scissory that just had really interesting interactive games it just it was a really fun enjoyable format Sounds terrible. <laughs> the, Give me the, turn the storm player hated it. <laughs> no, I did really well during that time period. That was the heyday of Jupiter. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to uh, the episode we had with Adam Bernalo, but he told uh, told uh, regaled us with stories of the early adventures of uh, TES. Yeah, I did. He was uh, very detrimental. We played a ton of kitchen table yeah. magic. 
Uh, but yeah, anyway, so I mean, I think people are, are uh, you know, excited about what legacy comes to comes to be. But we're foreshadowing too much. We're getting ahead of ourselves, Brian. Okay, we'll talk about the event <laughs> yes. finally. So if we ever get the coverage back, this is repeated content, but I was talking to some other legacy stalwarts, and I've used that word a lot recently, but we were talking about the impact of cyborg cards and how you shouldn't be playing marginal cards for marginal gains. So like my, the fourth copy of Chromox was in my sideboard and then a cabal therapy and how over time you won't really see a win percentage difference with so, those sort of cards, even though they appear to help sometimes. So instead you should play higher impact cards. So I ended up running surgical extraction this weekend and let me tell you, it was awesome. <laughs> so Round one, I faced uh, what I'm calling Tinfins, and a Reddit user has berated me and corrected me. And it's apparently Bizarro Stormy, whatever the hell that is. It's Tinfins. Oh, is it because it was is running Tinfins with Magus of the Mind? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of it before, but like it's literally the same exact deck with a four of them. Yeah, it's it's Tinfins. It it's yeah. yeah. It's like calling four color but, four color Delver something different than Grixis. I agree. So you you played that first up. Uh, is that kind of just like a who blinks first type matchup? How does that work? Well, I expected to lose. Like my win percentage against Tinfins throughout the last couple of years has just been terrible. But my opponent mulliganed game one and kept a no lander on six. And then I duressed him and took his probe. And he kind of just mm-hmm. floundered. And then uh, game three was super interesting. Uh, I brainstormed into three lands when I had two lands in hand, leaving me with just a brainstorm and a chromox. My opponent then played a collector brutality and escalated, and I brainstormed in response into duress, surgical extraction, ad nauseum. That's pretty so good. So <laughs> that game was like super interesting, and I ended up stacking ad nauseum and then surgical <laughs> on top. And my opponent ended up having to play masterminds. Uh, Inquisition, I believe it is. Mastermind, what is that? It's the four mana black tutor or wish. Oh, the new card. Yeah, yeah. Was that that any good? Well, he got Silent Gravestone with it to shut off uh, Surgical Extraction. I high-fived him. I was like, that is super cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, I just wouldn't have expected that. Uh, unfortunately for him, he died on the next turn to the ad nauseum, but like, you know, that's life. Yeah. Uh, so it's typically, so you're, I'm, I'm surprised it's such a, uh, you know, unfavorable matchup. What about it kind of make, gives it in such uh, you know, Tinfin's favor. Well, Tinfin's like any other faster combo deck is going to be a little bit rough. Uh, so like when you look at decks like Belcher, Oops All Spells, even Black Red Reanimator, you're not favored because they're more consistently fast since they're glass cannon type decks. So any deck that doesn't care about losing to Force of Will is naturally going to be a little bit faster than uh, you, which is gotcha. an issue. Okay. And if you're faster than TES, I mean, you're pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so things like Belcher and Oops All Spells and you know other stuff like that are also difficult. Yeah. So with Belcher, though, uh, depending on your list, I'm currently running three copies of Echoing Truth. 
sometimes you can just get them by bouncing all of their goblin tokens, which is yeah. Nice. I will say that was a funny. I remember commentating on one of your matches, and uh, we were surprised about kind of the three echoing truth, and it led to a funny situation where um, your opponent him to Torak you, and you discarded Dark Ritual Echoing Truth. And then next turn, he him to Torak you again, and he, he discarded, <laughs> he discarded the same two yeah, cards. Uh, Echoing Truth and Dark Ritual. We're like, huh, that's deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a really lucky game where my opponent, I believe, I'm not to speak ill, but uh, didn't play correctly and then was punished for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like sometimes when you play poorly and you don't get punished, you don't really learn. So learning from those mistakes is a great thing. So he didn't blow up my island. I drew Ponder, pondered into Burning Wish, LED, and Infernal Tutor, and then played Burning Wish for Past and Flames, Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Probe, Probe, Kill You. Okay, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what, what round was that? Do you remember? That was, that was round, round two. two. Jeez. We're going yeah, in order. I, I mean, you said unintentionally. Up, I mean, that was a beautiful transition on my part that I didn't even realize I was making. So good for me. Good for me. Subconscious. My id is really paying off. <laughs> uh, what about round three? What you play round three? Manalist. Uh, and this is the game that your deck just fizzled. Didn't show up. Yeah, uh, it happens sometimes. Uh, it was really interesting because he won the die roll, and then said, I'll be on the draw, and, like, cocked his head at me. <laughs> and I was like, no, trust me, I get what's going on here. What? Who would ever say that? Goodness me. <laughs> he uh, smiled at me in our game two, because I lost game one, when I said, I'll be on the draw. And he's like, you're the first person today. I was like, your first two-round opponents didn't notice? <laughs> Uh, hey, I mean, we had 118 people in the room, so I mean, I there, one, there was well, 116, I think. No, no, no. it there was 118. Was oh, it was. Two oh, okay. Pe- there was a uh, Keith Wrong. Showed up oh, that's right. Entirely that's my fault. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so two people showed up late, but it was okay. They ended up. Uh, they showed up early enough where it had been posted, but they were able to get uh pay- instead. They fi- of, yeah, they figured it out. They figured, they figured it, out. it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we had 118 total, which was awesome. Um, there was some confusion with kind of the start times. Uh, that was uh, my error. Um, but so it ended up a couple people had a bail, but we got a great turnout. We weren't able to hit the 5K, but I mean, for our first one, uh, I, I think a 3K with 118 people was great. Yeah, I think it went really yeah. smoothly. How was your experience, Bryant, playing in the tournament itself? I didn't feel like any of the rounds went too far over, which is something I really nice. enjoyed. Yeah, I would. I think the the longest one was maybe fifteen minutes, which isn't really. Yeah, that that, that was actually it was Lands versus Manalist Dredge in the feature match. They, they because they were the feature match, they got like a, a ten minute extension, and then Did they, they get deck checked too before the before it started. No, they didn't get deck checked. They went to turns. Manalist Dredge versus Lands went to turns, which I was oh, okay. very surprised at. <laughs> Well, the Dredge player seemed like he was having some trouble with a lot of his triggers, and I think it was getting the the lands player was getting visibly frustrated at times. Yes, um, so it does happen. Like especially if you're used to playing Magic Online, when a lot of your triggers are stacked for you, it's hard to forget stuff. Um, so it was just one of those things where uh, there was a lot of communication errors, I think, um, and just dexterity mm-hmm. errors in the game. So um, 
from my understanding against play against the Dredge Gentleman is he was more of a, like a tabletop gamer who played more for fun. Like he didn't appear to be incredibly competitive, mm-hmm. but he just loved playing with the cards yep. he had. So I understand that like maybe playing in underneath the camera for the first time, you might get a little bit nervous. You might misplay, miss your triggers. Like those sort of yeah. things happen with experience. It goes yeah. away. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I still like, I just want to mention one more time. I'm so bummed that we lost that, all that footage because I felt like we, I felt like the product that we put out was actually really good. I think the people in chat really enjoyed it. And, and I thought like we had all these nice transitions and all these nice fucking, uh, Hey Pat, they might come. There's back. a chance. There is a chance. I mean, I'm not hopeful, but there's a chance. I suppose. <laughs> um, I'm surprised it actually went as smoothly as it did. I was expecting a lot more things. I'm, and basically, if I'm not surprised, yeah, honestly, it, well, because I'm I'm not surprised that the that the tournament went smoothly because it's Michelle. Oh Michelle yeah, and like, her team, like exactly. they, they they figure things out. They had everything going. They had everything going great. Like the stream, I I also wasn't that surprised because I mean. It, I stream pretty often, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with OBS and its and its its inner workings and stuff. And I felt like we did a, quite a bit of of prep ahead of the event, you know. Yeah, I mean, it it, it turned out great. Uh, I was quite surprised how quickly we were, we were moving. You know, mm. there were seven rounds plus all of top eight played out, and we were out of there by like eight o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah, we were out of there by eight, and I think the first round started around ten thirty or so. So, like, we started just about on time, uh, got out of there, and like. We also made it clear, like, the top eight is playing, right? Like, if, if people are watching the stream and there's, like, there's, you know, they're watching the, all these players try to get in a top eight, there's no splits going on in top eight yeah. here. Well, especially when... Hey, Pat, do you know why there wasn't any Because Bryant refused well, to split. <laughs> but even if Bryant didn't, I had, to, I had already talked to the head judge and saying that we weren't going to be allowing splitting. Yeah. Yeah. No splits for life. Never split. It makes you know me... what? Can you please elaborate on that, Bryant? Because I agree with you 100% on that. So it's been an, a motto of mine for, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, however long I've been playing competitive magic. It started when I was very young. There was a guy at my local store that wouldn't split ever. He was just a lot better than everyone else. And he told me when I was a very young kid, like, not splitting will make you better because you have to fight for your victories. And eventually when it matters, you won't mm-hmm. be nervous. So over the years, I've gotten more and more competitive. And when I started playing on a larger scale scene, whatever... I wasn't ever nervous playing for, you know, the top prize or underneath the camera. Like those nerves just, I didn't have them because I was so used to always playing it out at either locals or Jupiter games or two K's and then eventually star city games, five K's, mm-hmm. whatever. So over time you just, you're calm, you're collected, you make better decisions because nothing right. matters. Yeah. You that's, don't split. You don't that, split. That's great advice. And then plus, we got to see an awesome matchup. Wilson was losing it in the finals when it was uh, Bryant versus Rich Shea, which is yeah. uh, pretty pretty star-studded finals, you know, uh, other than Bryant. So, sorry, I just I, – I couldn't yeah, let I you guess. get away with too much. You, you, I could feel your ego inflating okay. over the course of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing my lucky hat. That's true. So. <laughs> no, you gave me – I remember round one, you, you were sitting there, and I came up, and I'm like, oh, is that like a special edition New York Yankees hat? I don't I don't really recognize it. And you, I have never seen such cold death stared at anyone as vehemently as, I, as you did. <laughs> you don't talk that poorly about my lucky hat. <laughs> uh, Brian's a Mets fan, unfortunately. So uh, I put it in my tournament report, but... I've been wearing this black 
Mets hat. That is the 2017 All-Star Game hat. And over the last six, seven weeks, I've worn it every weekend to a Magic tournament, and I've cashed every single one. Grand Prix Toronto, SCG Regionals, an RPTQ, a 2K, the Sunday Challenge, and then the Leaving the Legacy 5K. So the hat is just full of good luck. So you're you're telling everyone your secret, Brian. You know you you yeah. You just buy a black Mets hat and then you're set <laughs> what for happens? Life. You go for uh, you know top eight of a major event and all of a sudden your hat's missing because your competition has the down low one on the secret to all your strength. Well, how are they going to steal my hat? <laughs> there are ways. There are ways. Uh, anyways, where do we leave off in the in the tournament itself? Was it round four? Three. Round- Round four, I faced Mono Red Sneak Attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a super interesting yeah. match. I mean... Uh, I turned one to game three. Game one, he mulliganed and kept a triple sneak attack hand, so... Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, I think my favorite game of the day, though, was against Miracles round five. Oh, yeah? Uh, I'm going to do a little bit more of an in-depth uh, explanation All right. of this. Yeah, so, let's hear it. My opponent plays Lango. I play Lango. He goes land brainstorm. And on my second turn, I can win through a force of will. So I surgical extraction his brainstorm. And I look at a hand that's no interaction at all other than a fluster storm, which is terrible for me because I could win through a force of will using the empty the warrens. In my hand, but Flusterstorm shuts off empty, but it also shuts off my ad nauseum line. So it is literally the perfect answer for the situation. Mm-hmm. So on turn three, I Infernal Tutor for another Dark Ritual. I'm sorry, on turn two, I Burning Wish for Past and Flames. Okay. And then I get another Dark Ritual. And then on my fourth turn, I draw Duress. So I Duress him, hoping to hit the Flusterstorm, and he Force of Wills it. So he still has the Fluster Storm in hand. So I count my mana. If I go Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Pass in Flames with two black floating, and he Fluster Storms it, I can then go Lion's Eye Diamond, Lotus Petal, and then flash it back for right. a black. From there, Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Infernal Tutor for Lion's Eye Diamond, play it, sacrifice it for three red, and I know that my opponent has a Terminus in their hand, so I duress away the Terminus, and then I Surgical Extraction it, and then empty the Warrens for 32. Jeez. <laughs> it was just like the yeah. perfect scenario, you know, like everything worked together in this yeah. perfect Wilson way. was losing his mind in the booth when when this happened. <laughs> oh, I wasn't on camera. Oh, what was the one he was saying that you just had, like, amazing, uh, amazing... It was my game one against Richard. Oh, Shea where that's... I drew the best possible okay. cards I could have. I even apologized to Richard. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm getting ahead of ourselves. I I mixed up. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, so you just you blew out with just kind of the perfect combination of uh of cards in the right order. Yeah. How was how was your miracles opponent feeling after that? He was. You know, friendly. I don't have anything to say about it. Like, he's like, hey, this is my first big Legacy event. I've only been playing Legacy for three months. I thought I played pretty well. I don't know. He's a friendly guy. Nice. Uh, So what about next round? Was it round six or round seven? Uh, I played Blake Saford. Uh, Uh, The mm -hmm. match was Grixis Delver. And 
it was pretty typical. Like, game one, I had nauseum from 10 life or 12 life and died. Uh, game two, I kind of got away with one. I emptied the warrants for eight, because that's all I had. And Blake just never drew anything at all. No blockers, no sweepers, nothing. So, got a little bit away with one. And then game three, I resolved ad nauseum from 10 life after making a land drop and hit perfect. Wow. So... As you guys mentioned earlier about Anthony, sometimes he's right. run hot. Um, actually, speaking of that, I noticed a ton of empty the Warrens on, when I was commentating. Between you and Anthony, it just seemed like empty was the preferred kill over tendrils all day. So uh, there's eight copies of empty the Warrens in top eight. There are zero copies of Cabal Ritual. Just saying. <laughs> There's also eight Rite of Flames. Yeah, uh, we were talking about how Rite of Flames is too good. It needs to be the next card ban. Ban. Bl- bl- <laughs> they probably should ban, ban Rite of Flame. I've been saying it for ban years. Ban Rite of Flame. <laughs> I can already feel the hate mail stacking up in our inboxes, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's just too po- it's Slippery slope. Modern. Slippery slope. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, any, so is it just like, is empty just... Are you not as afraid of sweepers? Is it just the way it stacks up with the counter magic and discard? Like what? What kind of is leading to, you know, more and more empty? You know, four empty the warrens. Is that normal for list these days? Uh, it's the stock list that I've created, but it's really for matchups where you're low on resources. So like Grixis Delver, or pretty much just Grixis Delver. Uh, I guess you could do it against other Delver variants as well, but they attack your mana, and they have Force of Will, so the easiest way of beating them is to just repeatedly empty the Warns throughout the game if you need to, because you don't really have enough mana to always win with Ad Nauseam, so you just empty since it takes less. With Ad Nauseam, it's 7 mana, 2 for a tutor, and then 5 for Ad Nauseam, but then you also need mana to get going, so it's actually pretty expensive with Empty the Warns. It's only four mana. You just draw it and then cast it, and they can't force a will it, so it's yeah. pretty good. Also, I've noticed f- playing from the opposite side of the table is most players are so focused on Tendrils of Agony, and they're waiting for that kind of key linchpin moment, like after the LEDs have been uh, cracked and Infernal Tutor is on the stack or Burning Wish is on the stack, and they're waiting for that key linchpin moment to... Yeah, use their counter magic, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the next card their storm player plays is just like, oh yeah, empty the Warrens, and they're like, <laughs> up, oh, this force of will is useless now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Happens yeah. a lot. Like people don't counter dark rituals often mm-hmm. as they should, really, and that's just like a general thing. But it all you can use it against people too. So like a common trick that a lot of storm players do is you'll probe your opponent. And then you cast Dark Ritual acting like it's a duress because you'll play Dark Ritual and then your opponent like sits there for a moment and it dawns on them like, oh, if I don't counter this, I'm going to die. So they force it. When sometimes we don't really have anything and we're counting on you to force it so we can kill you. So, so you know. I'm sorry, in that are you saying people should force the, the Dark Ritual or they shouldn't? Depends on the situation, yeah. obviously, but like... I feel more often than not, they let that ritual resolve and it's wrong. Gotcha. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I call whenever I play against the matchup, you you want to get the value. Like it feels real bad countering the first dark ritual because you want the storm player to commit more resources so that when you do counter their key spell, you know you want to leave them as close to empty handed as possible. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's happened to me. I've let Dark Rituals resolve, and I've had a hand of, like, Spell Pierce Day's Force of Will, and, <laughs> you know, they end up generating enough mana to pay for Spell uh, spell Pierce and Days, and then they have the uh, the discard for the Force of Will. Happens quite yeah. a bit. So, I mean, you can't let them get too, too far ahead with uh, the mana. Um, so what about, was that, did we cover round seven yet? What was your kind of final round in the Swiss? Lands. lands. I, f- I feel that's a pretty good matchup so long as they don't get like a thorn out early. It's a 90% matchup according uh, to my That's pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> uh, game three, I opened up a hand that was a single mana away from Ad Nauseam. And I was like, oh, come on, it was so close to a turn one. So you cast the best spell in the format, Brainstorm. <laughs> and for you listeners out there, don't you dare say that. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Uh, but I cast Brainstorm into Gitaxian Probe, Lion's Eye Diamond, and a land. Put Ad Nauseam on top, Lion's Eye Diamond. Gitaxian Probe, break Lion's Eye Diamond for three black, and then cast the Ad Nauseam. I had also cast a Dark Ritual, but beside the point. Uh, and then one off the draws from the Brainstorm. Awesome. And that's the power of Brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty straightforward matchup Were you, did you already know that you were locked for top eight at this point or were you going to play it out? I mean, I know you were going to play it out no matter that was, what. I, that was round yeah. seven. I had, so to you play. had to play, I, you were going to play it out anyways, but you had to play. There was no drawing, even if you wanted to. Uh, so going into round six, I was 19 as mm-hmm. X one. I was like, oh wow, my breakers are terrible. I think at X one that round, it went from like fifth all the way down to 22. So I was at the very bottom. So I knew that I would have to play out the next round, but I expected to be in like the seven to eight range. And instead going in, I want to say I was in 11th, maybe 12th. So I had to play anyway. And then after round seven, I ended up being sixth. Six seed even after playing it out and winning. Wow. Yeah. Yep. You had terrible breakers. <laughs> I did. Uh, well, you played against Adam on elves for your first round of the, uh, that was Anthony. oh Anthony played against Adam. Not all of us TES players. Uh, look you like you all look the same to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh, but anyways, all right. So Pat, we're gonna need you to. <laughs> oh come on! It's not. Don't put words in my mouth. Uh, but I I just want to say we had that match on coverage and Anthony. I'm sorry, Adam, but Anthony had the disgusting rare four for one cabal therapy against elves. I heard, <laughs> yeah, four nettle sentinel taken with a single cabal therapy turn one out of Anthony. Uh, so to bash Adam because I can because we're <laughs> friends. Uh, Adam conceded game three when I don't feel like he should have. So Anthony was at one life, maybe two, and Adam was at ten. And he draws and just concedes, but he could have drawn a Deathrite Shaman and won the game. If I'm like, if the footage ever comes back, I'm pretty sure that like he could have blocked, and then if he draws a Deathrite Shaman, block and go to one, and then activate Shaman and kill you. But instead, he just drew his na- uh, a second mm. Crater Huff and then conceded. Gotcha. 
when he had a an out of drawing one of the three death rates left in his deck. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, I um, I do remember. I think just kind of drawing the second crater hoof took the wind out of him because he did kind of offer that concession as soon as he drew it. Um, it is rough when uh you know you, your win condition is a is a you know cheater cheatable threat and you just draw it in the least you know the last place you want to see it is in your hand. So I can't think of the name of the elf, but it's relatively new. Uh, I want to say it came out in Magic Origins. And it's a colorless, a green, and a black. When it comes into play, it drains your opponent from oh, the yeah. elves. Yeah, that's from control. Origins. I, I can't believe that they don't play that at least as a one of. Because with, like, Wirewood Symbiote, it makes, like, perfect sense in my mind for, like, a perfect green sun target to just kill your opponent. And none of them run it. But, I mean, I'm no elves expert. But to me, it seems like a no-brainer. Uh, maybe now they'll run it to, like, beat Glacial Chasm. Yeah. I'm not I sure. I mean, Adam was running it for a while, and he cut it for whatever reason. Um, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see what happens to elves now that Deathrite Shaman isn't on the table anymore. It's like, I mean, does elves go back to being a green-white deck? Do they just cut black entirely now that they don't need the Deathrite activations? Uh, maybe. I don't think they ever really needed it. I think the black is mostly there for yeah, cyborg cards. Yeah, true. And discard. Like Abrupt Decay, Thoughtseize, Surgical, all that good stuff. But I don't think de- losing Death Rate is that huge of a deal. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Death Rate's a very mm-hmm. powerful magic card. It doesn't uh, kill the deck. Most of the time, you're using it as Llanowar Elf. Right. Like, I'd say probably 75% of the time it's Llanowar Elf. So, like... Play a couple of Lana or else. I, I feel the majority of the time, Deathrite Shaman and Elves is just used to to counter other decks' Deathrite Shamans, just because with uh, Symbiote getting multiple activations out of Deathrite Shaman, you're just able to win the Deathrite War in the uh, in those types of matchups. And now that they, I don't think that Elves got a lot worse. I think it's yeah, going to I be think just Elves, fine. Elves is, is still just fine, even losing uh, Deathrite Shaman. You might see it uh, get a little bit better now. Because I think people are going to be playing these dirtily mid-range decks that Elves just crushes. But we'll see how the metagame shakes out. I think initially there's going to be a lot of reanimator running around. Because people are like, oh, no death rate shaman. And then they're going to see a lot of rest in pieces, cages, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I need to find stuff. two more foil cages for my uh, my sideboard. I was running two. I have oh, yeah? three. Ah, we're going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I want a full-time horse <laughs> position. <laughs> Uh, it's not for sale. Uh, we, how about uh, you can have our Telemundo broadcast? You can be a full-time host on that one. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll negotiate. We'll negotiate. Pat, I think okay. I can crack them. <laughs> uh, so back to the turn. We keep. We, I know it's just it's the elephant in the room, and we keep just jumping ahead to Deathrite Shaman implications. But what was your, uh, your first uh, top eight battle? Grixis Delver. Uh, to be honest, it wasn't super memorable. I kind of just two o crushed him. Uh, sometimes you open up the nuts. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What about next round? And then uh, Murphy, oh. which was my best hand on the day. Uh, I had a turn one through Force of Will on camera. Yep. Uh, Cabal Therapy, Petal, Ritual, Ritual, Ad Nauseum. And that gets there. I remember sitting there, and uh, Drew was pretty confident going into that matchup. I mean, he is a blue Force of Will deck that also runs Chalice of the Void. Uh, and Foster Storm and yeah, Deck and, of Truth. The deck is, it's actually like a yeah, terrible matchup. Also Curse Catcher, too. Like, less than Like, 30%. Curse Catcher isn't anything to sneeze yeah. at either. Um, so, 
but uh, sometimes you get turn one. Oh, boy. Uh, so you turned one of them game one. Did it go to three, or did you win game two as well? I won game two. He had double chalice of the void. Oh, Zero yeah. And one with a I remember that. And then uh, this really good-looking guy drew echoing truth <laughs> and then bounced them. You let someone else pilot your deck? Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, it was uh, Anthony. Gotcha, gotcha. That was that was pretty good. That double, that echoing truth, and the chalices. Yeah. So I got, I definitely stole that match. Like I didn't feel like I thought I would be going home after that round. Like one hundred percent, not joking. I thought I would be on my way back to Syracuse. I was like, okay, it's five right now. This will probably take like 30, 40 minutes. I can probably be home by midnight. Like that was my actual thought process. <laughs> And instead, uh, my deck yeah, carried and then, me. And then everyone's like, all right, Brian needs to uh, spend another night at Jerry's house so he can go to a Boston dive bar and uh, witness <laughs> some uptown girl action. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then uh, the finals was myself versus Rich Shea. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I just drew the nuts. So he probed me on turn one and saw that I had one dark ritual, ad nauseum, a cabal therapy, a curl mox, an infernal tutor, and a land. Mm-hmm. And... My draw step was Dark Ritual, and then I drew Gitaxian Probe on turn two and played Probe into Dark Ritual, played Chromox and Print Tutor and Cabal Therapied. He pierced, I ritualed, he let it resolve, and then I went Therapy on your Force, Ritual Ritual, Ad Nauseam, and his draw just dropped that my two unknowns were both Dark yeah. Rituals. It was it was pretty brutal. Um yeah, Rich also had a had a pretty weak hand. We were watching it. his only mana source was Badlands, and his hand that oh, was, was game, that game three? three. Okay, I'm mixing it up uh, the yeah. de- the delirium. I think uh, I think the nerves might have gotten it to him a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't mean to speak for him, but he kept a hand without force of will. And if you do that, you need strong cards in your hand. But the rest of his hand was bad. He literally had Badlands, you know, no pun intended. Uh, and then I was told that he drew Wasteland, so that wasn't even in the initial seven. But it was just Badlands, no Deathrite Shaman, no Wasteland. It was Surgical and then Days Spell Pierce, like Ponder Brainstorm. Like, you have to send that back. You can't keep that against me. <laughs> and I don't even mean that in, like, a shit-talking way. I just mean that in general. Like, that hand is bad. Yeah. I mean, it was a long day. I mean... I was exhausted at the end of that day, and I didn't even play in it. So, <laughs> it it it's the only way you would have had a positive win <laughs> thanks, percentage. Thanks, buddy. You know, <laughs> I did have a positive win percentage for the day because in between the Swiss uh. <laughs> and top eight, Pat and I cracked open some revised sealed decks and that was just shuffled fun. them up. That's actually. There was such a large crowd that I didn't bother going over. Like, there's no way I could have seen. I know there out. were literally all like hundred hundred people just gathered around us playing this this sealed. That's what I'm most bummed about about losing the recordings is not having the recording of that. Yeah, yeah. those games were awesome. We literally it's we just shuffled them up and played them. Um, I remember we riffle shuffled them, and it was yeah. like someone went around and punched everyone around us in, in the circle in the gut, just like ooh. <laughs> Like going so around us. <laughs> that is, why would you do that? Because you know games are That's meant the to way be played. Made to be played, man. Eight hundred dollar underground matter. series. 
Games are meant to be played Heathens. with. When was the last time you got a chance? I use hard Pat, like okay? Pat bridge shuffled. Pat not only riffle shuffled, he bridge shuffled. And then oh, yeah. because oh, I couldn't time. let him outdo him, I did the old schoolyard shuffle where I just spread all the cards out on the <laughs> table and then just like used whirlpool motions with my hands to mix them up and then smush them all back together. Oh, so good. <laughs> it was so good. Um... I don't like either. <laughs> it was some awesome, awesome games though, and the the final game three came down to both Pat and I had a singular vampire in play, uh, and I attacked. Pat blocked for the chump block, and I healing salved for the yeah. combat trick. <laughs> <laughs> It was what a great. blowout. Were you guys playing with mana? The mana that was included in the sealed decks. It yeah, was so- five. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if you were just like, you know, uh, infinite mana sort of No, thing it's each forward. sealed deck comes with five of each basic land. So we were oh, playing. If it was, if it was infinite oh. mana, that would have been great because I could have cast my Lord of the Pit. <laughs> That's why I lost. That's why I lost game one. Game one, uh, my hand was like Benelish Hero, two planes, and uh, some forests. And I then proceeded to do nothing but draw blue cards for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Pat, I had almost uh, bit me in the butt on uh, game two because what's that card? The enchantment that uh, like turns a land into a swamp. Oh, it's like uh, a psychic, psychic vision or psychic poison. Evil presence. Evil, evil presence. I think that's what it is. Right? Is that what it was? Yeah, you. I'm pretty you, sure that's what it is. My one of my first legacy tournaments, someone played it against me and then cast Reap. <laughs> what is Reap? Uh, it's like a one in a green. You return a card from your graveyard equal to the number of like swamps or black permanents your opponents control. So like they would like keep on turning your lands into swamps and then returning reap plus another card and would just do it oh, over and funny. over. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I cast that to try and like use it as uh, ma- uh, like mana screw on Pat, so he couldn't cast his spells. And then I found out that Pat's rare was Lord of the Pit, <laughs> just <laughs> helping him cast it. <laughs> it was what so a good great. guy! The only time someone will call you good guy, Jerry. It was uh, so it was so much fun. I had I haven't had that much fun playing Magic in a long, long time. <laughs> I cast a demonic tutor and tutored for a. F- well, you can thank Deathrite for that. <laughs> I cast a demonic tutor and I tutored for a forest. That was the level of play we were playing at. <laughs> oh man, so was yeah, so exactly. Uh, but so it was good. a blast. I had so much fun playing that, and it was it was awesome. Unfortunately, we didn't open any dual lands, though, Pat, which I guess is a good thing, considering the way we... I was told that you guys opened up an underground scene. No. <laughs> someone was <laughs> Let someone that was legend trolling. spread, though. Just, yeah, spread that legend. I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. How much was the revised starter? Uh, I think... well, it was priced... How much retail? Six twenty-five, I think, was the retail on it. That's what Michelle had it at retail. I think yeah. the cheapest one I found online was $700. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a ton of fun, man. I had so oh man, that was a blast. It was the box it comes in is what I used to keep my magic cards in when I first started <laughs> playing before like deck boxes and whatnot. I kind of just like kept them all s- scattered and messed up. In the I'm actually more excited. It came with a little a little pouch with uh with the magic symbol on it that you can keep your dice in. Though it comes with a bunch of glass beads that you were supposed to use for as tokens. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> 
No, I thought they were well, for Well, that too, but yeah. <laughs> so I, we have a that little used satchel. to be how you kept track of your life was with, was with 20 beads. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how people used to keep track of their life. Oh, man. Pat, can you tell us more about the 1960s? <laughs> I'm an old man. What can I say? <laughs> it is, I used to play the Lord of the Rings card game, and that's how you used to keep track of your Twilight pool for people who are uh, cross TCGers. <laughs> Nerds. Yo, Lord of the Rings TCG was an awesome game. Rip. Rip. When I was a youngin, I used to play the Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. I played that for a hot minute. (laughs) It was. was Though, wasn't like the only way to win in that game is decking? Like, your life total (laughs) was your deck? You could go up to your highest power level. So, like, if you were Goku and you. Because I think Goku is like the only one that went up to level six. But if you were facing someone and they were Goku, you couldn't beat them because, like, if I was Piccolo, I could only go up to five. But if we were both level fives and I got to level five, I could oh. win that way. And then the other way is you dealt damage by decking people. That, that I feel, is a mechanic Magic could use that hasn't yet is, uh, damn it, like, poison, but it's de- it's uh, decking instead. Like, creatures deal damage. Yeah, decking doesn't really Yeah, like, I, I've, mill is that mechanic. Oh, you're saying, like, infect, but... Yeah, exactly. Like infect, but milling instead. Like, I feel mill is this, like, win condition that Wizards wants to make work, but also just <laughs> never, never lets it happen. Well, I think that would be, like, a limited-only playable thing, because infect is good because it's effectively two damage instead right. of being one, because you only need ten infect, where it's actually worse if you're milling someone, because you probably actually have to do more damage in the Yeah, line. and also the the thing is, is even though, you know, 99% of players are going to present 60, maybe 61 cards, every once in a while you do play against that person with, you know, playing Battle of Wits. <laughs> or So let's say, uh, like, let's say instead of, like, in fact, one equals one, you even make mill two. Mill two is still more than 20 damage. So in order to make this a good ability, it would have to be, like, for every one damage, mm-hmm, they mill yeah. three. And I mean, yeah. Sorry for ruining it. It's your okay. Girl. It's a tangent. I mean, this was a tangent that started with you know Dragon Ball Z the card game, so it's okay. <laughs> I remembered you could also win by getting all seven. Yes, Dragon I Balls. mean, obviously, that's like that's like the the number one goal of Dragon Ball Z. Man, I'm I'm gonna have to end this cast, guys. I'm gonna go watch some DBZ reruns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, where were we? Did we finish talking about the tournament? You you played against Rich. And you ended up taking it down. Yeah, that, yeah, that's over. You want to talk about how the witch yeah, is Yeah, let's get into it. We we put it off for far too long. Uh, nice little announcement this morning, guys. I I found out about the ban and restricted list when I looked at my phone and saw there was like 150 notifications in the amount of time it took me to drive to work. So <laughs> I figured something was up. So I feel pretty smart. Over the last uh, few months, I've been buying up Japanese foil lore when thought ceases in preparation for a ban because I thought, hey, Gitaxian Probe is probably the card to go after Deathrite Shaman. I mean, I wasn't too far off. So my fourth one actually arrives tomorrow in the mail. So I'm just going to slot those right in. Uh, so so you're going to be running Thoughtseize and Cabal Therapy? You're just kind of just cutting the Gitaxian Probe and putting in uh, Thoughtseize in its place? No, I'm cutting. I mean, there's like a number of things that are happening, but I think Cabal Therapy is going to. Mm. Yeah, I, is, I think like the deck needs a little is bit Cabal of Cabal Therapy is good without the Gitaxium probes. No, it's just not reliable, gotcha. in my opinion. 
So I have a couple lists put together right now, and I think out of like the four or five lists that I have, it's a one of and mm-hmm. two of the lists. So on Magic Online, I just want to point out Cabal Therapy has dropped about 50% in price today. Hmm. I believe that. Um, so definitely so pick up your like Japanese the- Cabal Therapies now. Well, I mean, if you're ever going to use them again, uh, Cabal Ther- I always felt Cabal Therapy Gataxian Probe was this combo that was very underutilized until Grixis Delver came along. Um, but even still, it's like Gataxian Probe was free. Basically, any deck that could play Cabal Therapy, I felt, should also have been pairing it with Gataxian Probe. Um, but now I, I'm going to wonder if Cabal Therapy is going to go kind of the, the way of other old legacy staples that just no longer cut it anymore. If we're even going to still see Cabal Therapy out of anything other than, you know, something like Nick Fit that needs the effect. Yeah, I, I think you're correct. It's going to see playing Dredge, Nick Fit. Uh, some people are talking about like Esper Mentor decks or like Young Pyromancer, Grixis Control decks. Let's be honest, like... The effect is cool, but without Probe, it's just way less powerful, and I think you're going to want something that's better in those slots in the long run. Like, initially, people might run Cabal Therapy there, but it's just not good enough. Yeah, it really isn't, uh, which is unfortunate. I always, I always had a soft spot for Cabal Therapy, and I mean, it is, I mean... It's a gorgeous card oh, if yeah. you look at the art. Yeah, the OG Judgment art, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just... It it is that because it is you know it's arguably the most difficult card to play in all of Legacy, and now if you is it the hardest it is part of the, the deck? Hardest. If <laughs> if Sneak and Show if Sneak and Show could run Cabal Therapy, it would be like tied with Show and Tell <laughs> as the high hardest part of the deck. <laughs> Anything that requires a decision. <laughs> Jeez, uh, Jerry must jam. jam. <laughs> Oh man! Actually, it would be even more. Diff- it would make show and tell even more difficult because you needed to make sure you were naming the thing that you thought that they were putting in with show and tell to get the thing that you're putting in with show and tell. Oh countering God. the mind games. There's so Jerry many. Jerry just levels. got a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, I just hear like the like high pitched like noise with like you're, you're, you hear like a bang and you can't hear anything for a while. That just that was just playing through my mind. <laughs> So, uh, more relevant to the topic, uh, what do you guys think are the biggest winners of the Death Race? So, unironically and completely taking a step back, I honestly think uh, Sneak and Show and Reanimator. Reanimator, not as much as people are giving. I I disagree. I don't think, I think Reanimator is going to. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, I think Reanimator gets gets better immediately and people pick it up and we see a huge uptick. But I don't think it's as good as people are saying it's going to be. Um, the way I think, I mean, there's a reason you never see the deck translate online results right. to paper. Um, and, but I do think sneak and show is a huge winner. Um, because literally Grixis Delver was the deck's worst matchup. You did not want to see Grixis Delver no matter what it, it was the deck that you wanted to avoid. Uh, now our biggest competition has been taken out. Also with death, Ray Chaman being banned, blood moon just got a hell of a lot better. Uh, blood, I think it just got what? a lot Blood worse. Moon is now a hard lock again. You you can't... Bl- sure, but like that, I think you're missing the point here, and I think it's that the Blood Moon 
the decks that Blood Moon is good mm-hmm. against just I went doubt, away. People are still going to be greedy in Legacy, and now that they don't have the Deathrite Shaman to help fix their mana, they're not going to be able to run as many basics, like things like Check Pile, I, which is like a four-color deck. I think you're going to see the, the return of Blue-White Stoneblade with good mana. You're going to see Rug Delver, which is actually going to be public enemy number one. It is going to take the place of Rug I would agree with that. And I think that deck is going to kick the crap out of it, I mean, I think it's going to take time for Rug Delver to take over. I don't think it's going to be immediate. And we would definitely rather play against Rug Delver than Grixis Delver. Grixis Delver is still a much worse matchup just because of it's easier for Sneak and Show to fight on a mana denial plan than it is on fighting on a discard plan that Grixis Delver had. Um, I would agree with but that. But also, just kind of with... Um, with it, so I would say actually now Sneak and Show's worst, ma- worst matchup is now back to its traditional old school enemy of Reanimator. The difference being is since Reanimator used to be our worst matchup, we've gotten a lot more graveyard hate tools to play with, and it's a lot easier to sideboard against Reanimator than it is to sideboard against Grixis Delver. Um, so I think Sneak and Show got a huge boost, and talking to the other Sneak and Show community members through like Discord and the Facebook group, um, they also seem very, very excited to uh, sleeve up their show and tells again. All right, uh, Pat. Do you have a good <laughs> so I, I agree. I think Rug. I think Rug becomes a lot better. I think Sneak and Show gets marginally better. I still don't feel like the Grixis matchup was as bad as Jerry was saying. I think it's only a bad matchup. Not because necessarily of Deathrite Shaman, it's just because it's a strong Delver deck, and and Sneak and Show has a hard time against a strong Delver deck because it's a deck that can uh, counter your counter your combo spells. It can, uh, uh, I mean, remove like uh, uh, rather um, counter your combo spells. It can put a fast clock on you, and that's all you need to do to beat Sneak and Show. Um, if it can remove cards from your hand as well, and the sideboard, it's even even stronger. Um, I think Reanimator. Like you said, it's going to be a bit of a fad. I agree. I don't think that um, Grixis Delver was keeping Reanimator down by any stretch of the imagination, um, because well, any Reanimator deck is going to fold to you know not fold necessarily, but is going to have a hard time with surgical extractions. Um, there are other weapons that decks have now, like uh, Silent Gravestone, which is pretty great against the Reanimator decks. So I think that it, there's you know people who are thinking that the sky is falling, that Reanimator is going to take over. That is literally what people were saying when when Sensei's top got banned. So um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I think all the alarmism, honestly, is pretty uh, exhausting and annoying. Um, I think that the I think the format is going to be healthier now. I think. I mean, there's always going to be a best deck. Was Grixis too oppressive? I think you can probably make a case either way. Um, I I don't hate seeing Probe banned. To be honest, um, I'm I'm like fifty fifty on on Deathrite Shaman, but I think Probe is probably a good ban for the format. Um, Pat was telling me yesterday about how I'm an idiot for thinking that Death Rate should go. And well, now no, he's so, so not that you're an idiot. No, I didn't. I don't think I said you were an idiot. I th- <laughs> you did under his he breath. Said I was a child that I was uneducated. <laughs> um, I said only a Mets fan would think Death Rate should go. To be honest, to be honest, like I didn't think Death Rate Shaman was a problem card. However, it did it did create some problems in the format, like. Deathrite Shaman and Checkpile were sort of um, atrocities when it came to mana bases, and but to be honest, like I think the probe is 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 the smart card. I think the Deathrite Shaman was probably hedging their bets for the for the upcoming Pro Tour. If I'm going to be completely honest, um, 
I think Death Rate Shaman was the reason the bannings mm-hmm. even happened, and I think Probe sure. is a side effect. That's, That's my personal view. I, I mean, but... like, I'm going to miss Probe just because I really like the free pumps with Prowess Creatures and Blue Red Delver, and it, Probe was definitely not putting Blue, Blue Red Delver uh, in the Tier 1 list by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but... <laughs> I think that deck just got a lot more playable. I think it is the second best. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's gonna be a different build though. I don't think it's gonna be the prowess build anymore. I think it's going to be um, Stifle, Wasteland, and Blue Red Delver. To be honest, I think uh, I think losing the four probes, like those four pump spells, the 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 speed that it gave you with card draw, um, it was good. And I just think I think having not having those is is a bit of a problem. But um, my friend uh, Jake Saracino. He top aided a SCG classic about a year ago with something very mm-hmm. close to what you're describing. The real question, guys. Speaking, I think this is uh, the same, but uh, the same Jake. But uh, does Stifle not become playable again now that we don't see as many abrupt decays? No, no. Why you gotta? Why you gotta do that? To because me? Fatal Push. Is, I mean, be even though like Grixis is down, Fatal Push is still a card. I know, um, but I want it to be true. Grudge swords to plowshares. <laughs> Every ever every other card in the but format. But I mean, Source of Plowshares always existed. It is. I think Fatal Push. If Fatal Push hadn't been printed, I would be like sleeving up my my Phyrexian Dried Knots again. Just yeah, I guess so. There's guess so, so like, there's so much like so. Counterbalance got banned, which was already causing Abrupt Decay to go down in mm-hmm. appearances. But now also. I think Jerry's going to start talking about his EDH deck. <laughs> but now, uh, you know, people aren't going to be as pressured to play green and black uh, for Deathrite Shaman, so there just isn't as much reason to sleeve up Abrupt Decay in the first place. Um, unfortunately, Fatal Push did get printed. Yeah. So, going back to winners and losers, I think that the card in general, Stormforge Mystic, is a huge winner. And yeah. it's a side effect of being able to cast three mana cards is just became a lot more difficult than it had been the last yep. year and a half. And I think Calgan's Command yes. is a big loser, which is Stoneforge Mystic's number one yeah, enemy right 100%. now. 100%. So, Pile is dead. Like, I'd be shocked if Can Pyle I just say, I'm, if, as far as decks dying, I am totally fine with Pile dying because that is an, ab- it is that an abomination <laughs> that never should have existed in the first place. It's, it's literally everything that's wrong with legacy and the homogenization of decks where it's just like, let's take the list of the top 10 most played cards in legacy and throw in a bunch of dual lands and basic, like the fact that the four to five color control deck can also play basics was just disgusting. Uh, there's also a list with Come on. <laughs> yeah. Pile was an insult to legacy. It is everything that's wrong with, you know, the power creep of the format. And I am so happy it's dead. So that's why I, that's why I think you'll see Stoneforge Mystic coming back in both like Esper Stoneblade type decks, but also I think Death and Taxes is about to make mm-hmm. a big comeback. Not only, you know, Stoneforge should get better from the lack of Calgan's command, it's also very good against yes, Rugdelver. Yes. And that's actually my why I love the 2010 meta before Mental Misstep got printed is because some of my favorite games of Magic are the interactive matches between like Rugdelver versus Sto- uh, Esper Stoneblade and Esper like Esper Stoneblade mirror matches are my favorite mirror match to play in all of Magic because it, there's so much interaction, so much decision making on so many levels. It's just so, it's so fun to me so i'm i'm well that was the heyday of star city games sunday yes, uh stream legacy i do if you remember correctly and the twitch chat was always like 
Ban true name nemesis. These stone blade mirrors are miserable. And then here's Jerry like at home fapping going like, yeah, no, this was, this was before true name nemesis was printed. This was before true name nemesis was printed. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was like right after Delver of secrets got printed. And I just love those interactive matchups, uh, like playing these like three color, uh, tempo mid range decks. It's some of my favorite magic. I love it. Even I'll say it even more than putting giant spaghetti monsters into play. So a deck that someone mentioned to me uh, yesterday, actually, that they thought would be cool to come back is Jeskai Delver. So I think that could be something cool. I don't know if it will actually come back, but Owen Top 8 or maybe you know, won a Grand Prix Jeskai with it. Stoneblade won two back-to-back GPs. Well, it was Delver. It was Delver, Stoneblade. So it was like a tempo list with right. Stoneforge Mystic. I lost to Eric Smith on the toppy of a Star City Games Wooster <laughs> with it. Did I say uh, that? My son More, saw a uh, sign today that said Wooster, and he Boston looked at it and said, What chest? No, Wooster. He's like, I always forget how it's said. I was like, So do adults, my friend. <laughs> 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 that is a uh, true story. <laughs> speaking. Well, you guys are pretty close to Belcher Town. <laughs> I'm surprised Jerry hasn't moved there yet. Um, speaking of SCG Worcester, though, I can say a negative side effect, I guess, of Deathrite Shaman being unbanned is I now don't have a standard player for SCG Worcester Team Trios because our standard player now is like, oh, I actually want to play Legacy again. No advertising. I need a standard Jerry. player, please. If you are a standard player, <laughs> no, please contact me. I need I it. We need it. We're, we're two weeks out. Actually, when this comes, out. As the host of this episode, <laughs> actually, when this comes out, it'll be a week out. We need a standard player because our standard player bailed on us. And I will say, it seems to be going around. I've talked to so many people who are super down on Legacy, didn't want to play in Legacy anymore, and are now super jazzed and excited for this new format. Super I jazzed. personally, I can't wait. I can't wait to I brew. Think that Legacy yeah. is about to be great. I, I am so happy. I felt this ban is so overdue, and it got to the point where I had given up on Wizards ever banning Deathrite Shaman. I'm like, if they would have done it, they would. I said it on stream. Someone asked in stream, do you think any bans will happen? I'm like, nope, no changes. If Wizards was going to ban Deathrite Shaman, they would have done it a year ago. And I, I was so surprised. Well, if you look at the challenge from two weeks ago, the top ten decks were all Deathrite decks. Good. Yeah. That is yeah. insane. Not a different deck. It was all... Grixis, Delver, Pile, and Owls. I think, uh, I think it was it. our friend Min pointed out that uh, Deathrite Shaman concentration in the format was higher than Treasure Cruise's concentration at the GP Treasure Cruise, which is insane. More copies of Deathrite Shaman than Treasure Cruise at Treasure Cruise's peak. It's the best creature ever printed by yep, a wide margin. Easily. It's actually one of... it's the. I looked today, it's only the second creature that's currently on the banned and restricted uh, list. That's Hermitrid. No, that's not true because there's also Goblin. Oh, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I made the third, the third one. But that, those are the only creatures on there. I'm not going to fact check you, <laughs> but I don't think you're I'm, correct. I'm fact checking my, checking myself. Wow, I can't talk tonight. My brain is still not working. So while you're doing that and wasting <laughs> everyone's time, uh, let's talk about the more important thing that's happening with the ban list. The Legacy Trios Pro Tour is coming up, and they just shook up the format. I think we're about to get Agreed. some insane yeah, coverage. I think it's going to be great. Which, 
It also makes Grand Prix. Yeah, Richmond Grand Prix Richmond is going to be so much more fun. I'm. Su- I was. I was feeling so so just because of uh, our last episode on just kind of GPs have been kind of sucky lately in general. But now that it's a new format, I am willing to look past all of that just for a chance to play in a giant uh, legacy event with no Deathrite Shaman. Which is why uh, we are looking for a standard player. If you are a standard player in the New England area, going to SCG Worcester, right. please contact me. We need a standard player ASAP. <laughs> So I, this week, booked a ticket for Richmond, and let me tell you, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> so I first started looking at uh, Google Flights, and they have this option where you can turn on tracking to check prices. So the flight I wanted, if I skipped work Thursday, I could get a 160 round-trip flight, but I'm a little low on sick days. I went to Europe for GP Birmingham. So I was like, I'd really prefer to fly after work and just pay the extra X amount of dollars, but... It's 160 if I just take the day off. After it was 284 for an eight hour difference. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow uh, the flight trend, see what happens. So the next day I get an email, it's down to 245. And I'm like, you know, that's not bad. I'm going to see if it drops anymore. So it goes up to 300. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is a little awkward. Day after that, it dropped down to 220 and I snap booked. I was just like, this is it. Two twenty is great. Sixty dollars for a sick day. I'll do that. Like that's perfect. So I got another one the day after and went up to three hundred and forty five dollars wow. in one day. Uh welcome to the life of a stock trader. That's that's literally what we would just do for a daily basis. You just sit there and you you watch like your, your heart go from your throat to your stomach. <laughs> I can't handle that kind of stress in my uh, life. Consider a career change. I build websites. <laughs> Uh yeah, well, so you're going to GP Richmond. I'm pumped. I'm I'm going down. I'm I'm super excited. Like I I just want to run sneak and show, but I also kind of just really want to brew something. So it's totally inadvisable, but I might run a brew for GP Richmond if I can come up with something I really like. You're gonna play idiot and show. Don't lie to anyone. <laughs> I mean, it, every time I do, people are like, "Oh, why don't you play something more fun?" And then when I don't, people are like, "Why don't you play the deck you're good with? Just play play what you know." <laughs> So I'll say something about the deck. I don't think it's very good, and that's not the, what I was going to say, but, you know, uh, beside the point, the deck's nut draws are unbeatable. Like, just, like, I've gotten paired against it at the last SCG booster, and the guy opened up turn one fluster with force blue card, but still having <laughs> turn two show and tell and aggressive. Like, you just can't it's beat true. those draws. It's so, it's so great. <laughs> So, like, I think that is one benefit the deck has going on is, like, sometimes you just open up hands that are literally, and no deck mm-hmm. in the format could beat that. I guess, like, maybe Caracas for that exact scenario, Even then they still refill their in hands. In general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Sneak and Show, that's why. It's just Sneak and Show probably just raw power-wise pairing, you know, a perfect hand just is unbeatable. And it... <laughs> so... It... Have you considered the fact that with Death and Taxes making a big comeback or likely making a big comeback, that Sneak and Show might see, you know, some of a side effect? Death and Taxes actually isn't a bad matchup for Sneak and Show anymore. I know it's absolutely insane because for years on this podcast, I talk about how much of a burden Death and Taxes was for the deck. But since uh, the inclusion of Omniscience main, even in the Sneak Attack versions of the deck, um, it's, I haven't lost a death in taxes in forever. It's just, I'm going to pay to watch Itai Ben Sasson <laughs> versus Gerald. Let's Mead do it. Itai, let's back. go. Um, and I hope Itai goes to GP Richmond. 
Yeah. I imagine he will. Uh, shout out to Itai. He's got plenty of free yep. time on his hands. Shout out to Itai. He's an awesome dude. Um, He's okay. <laughs> good. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Death and Taxes went from like a, a 10-90 matchup to a 90-10. It's, it's an amazing, it's amazing just how much of a, a flop switch it's been. All right, I don't believe you, but we'll move on. You don't believe anything I say. <laughs> In fact, it's like... I mean, I agreed with you on one of your I mean, that's like because it was ago. like an undeniable. You, you know how it's like Ty goes to the runner? Not in Brian's game. Brian <laughs> plays by Mets rules. <laughs> All these baseball references. I'm really it's rubbing it so. you guys. Sports ball, right, Jerry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, Pat, you yes, played sir, sports growing up, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. you know sports. Oh, no, I, I can't. I, actually, the whole, like, spo- <laughs> like, the whole, like, magic nerds not liking sports or ripping on sports uh, aggravates me to no end because it's, it, you know. So, uh, Pat, do you mind if I talk about something we talked Please, about yeah. over dinner? So, I think in general, and I know that Max Gilmore, if you're listening, here's your freaking uh, shout-out, by the way. You always complain about not being on the podcast, <laughs> is that... People that didn't play sports growing up tend to get a little bit more butthurt over, like, good games or, you know, not splitting or, like, these sort of things where people that play sports realize that, like, GG or, like, aggro GG isn't the person trying to be a dick. It's just, like, at the end of a sporting event, like, you slap hands, you say good game, even if it wasn't because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a good sport. And I feel like people that grew up playing sports are a little bit... I don't want to. It was normal. It was normalized for us, and you learn. You just learn how to. I don't know how to act properly, like an adult. How to act like someone with honor versus getting just yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, like I said, we were talking about it at dinner. We were at dinner uh, after the event. We went out with a, with uh, with Michelle and uh, John, her husband, and a bunch of other awesome people, including uh, Jerry. Also tagged along, and um, we were talking <laughs> about we, <laughs> we were talking about we, that is that is a topic that came up, and I'm like, look, like I used to I used to play football. Where you were smacking each other for 60 minutes. I used to fight where you were literally punching and trying to choke the other man unconscious. And after every fight, even after like, even after training sessions, everyone's like hugging, hanging out. It's like your best friends, you know? And, and like, if, if I can get over someone literally trying to punch me in the, like, break my nose and still shake their hand immediately afterwards and be like, even if, even upon losing and be like, oh man, that was, that was awesome. Let's go grab a beer. Like, if I can do that. I think you can get over like losing to Manalist Dredge. I think it'll be fine. You know, <laughs> I, I, I do think like great example considering. <laughs> oh yeah, that was completely unintentional. <laughs> That's just one of the decks that like actually like that I get the most bothered by losing to. But again, not enough to where I don't like shake the man's hand or the woman's hand and say good game. Um, so, so people like uh, I you hear a lot like. Well, Dredge isn't playing Magic. Dredge is its own game. I feel like Manalus feels more like Magic mm. than yeah, Mana Yeah, that's Dredge. interesting. Even though, like, it shouldn't because, like, they're mm-hmm. not casting anything. I just feel well, like it's a little I, more I should fair. clarify, and I, I mix these up in my head all the time. Oops All Spells is the one where, I'm, where like, it, like, really drives me nuts, which I guess is, is Manalus Dredge in a sense. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I just, it just, yeah. It, Man, all you over here, Sneak and Show is the most disrespected deck in the format, hands down. Don't even, don't even try with this manless. Just once, I would like to get the, through a podcast the, without Jerry just the talking. Good thing about is that, like, the, 
the good things is that like the apes who play sneak and show don't notice the casual daggers. Wow, yeah, yeah. The fact that there's an entire, entire just like yeah, go, like people people have asked me to sign monkey cages. Okay, <laughs> that's, great. that's great. So yeah, don't even get me started. I yeah. love it. I love it. And I, I laugh it off. I think it's hilarious. Uh, it is know, funny I, because I you have... don't take it personally. Like, it's, yeah, it's a but game. I, and like, I do understand. I don't derive I... my self-value from my ability to play magic. And I right. think Brian and Cook if... is, a, is a good example of, like, <laughs> someone who's a very good magic player, but I don't think you derive your self-worth from the game that you play. Like, right. it's a part and of I what can... you do, but it's not, it's not defi- who defines I can totally it. understand why people get frustrated, too, because, like Brian said, it, sometimes you just have those hands where you're just like... <laughs> Oh, I win. Of course. <laughs> I just dump my hand on the table and I but, win and it's just but, like but that oh, frustration good game. is that frustration is is often the rule and not the exception. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and yeah. like you said, you I just have to be okay with that. Like that's what you sign up for when yeah. you play this game. And it's it's a card game, guys. Like let's be you know Yeah. I mean So I mean that's why I feel like some people go into a match with sure. a certain expectation and when they don't when the match doesn't go their way or and how they planned it out in their head with one of the two possible outcomes mm-hmm. they become very upset when sometimes i think the best thing to do is just take a deep breath look at what happened and analyze yeah. oh, why well, that happened that's the healthy like response to to a loss is like looking to improve and get better the unhealthy response is looking to blame other people and t- tell all your friends about your bad beat story you know but i don't know yeah if if people were looking more for self improvement I think they, people would play less magic overall, to be honest. With you. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I do too. I, like oh, I love to. I love playing magic. I just mean like. I'm not going to tell you my event <laughs> schedule now because it's embarrassing. No, no. I, I mean, I, I, and I'm not knocking on people who grind magic. I'm not knocking on people who are pros. I'm just saying, like, if you're a person who puts too much of your self-worth in the outcome of your games of magic first of all like you have less control over that than you think especially if you're not like one of the top level players like being a 60 percent win rate or a 65 percent win rate is exceptionally good and so us scrubs like me who are in like the 40 to 50 percent win rate like that is that is like you know although it seems average is like not not terrible but uh, I don't know. I just don't put my I don't put a lot of so, self-worth, uh, my self-worth into it, man. I, I I am who I am. I make I am the man I want to be. It's not magic that defines it. I, I get a little bit awkward when people refer to me as a pro because mm-hmm. in my eyes, I am not one uh, like I am just a guy with a hobby with a website. Like, I don't think I'm a pro uh, just because I publish mm-hmm. content doesn't mean anything. And like I'm, I've never been on the pro tour. I qualified once in 2010 and couldn't mm. go because of college. So like, uh, yeah, I don't like the label. Uh, I think people that are insanely good at this game, like your Brian Brown doings, mm-hmm. those people are pros. Like the guys that are falling on and off the pro tour. I guess you could call them pros, but like they're like yeah. D level celebrities. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not crapping on anyone's life's life choices or whatever. However, you decide to play the game. But if 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 it's making you or it's encouraging you to develop an unhealthy relationship with the game or with other people, more importantly, then you need to reprioritize your life and maybe and maybe look at look at what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Look, what look at what matters, man. I have I have reasons at home every day that why I do in magic doesn't matter. What I honestly what I like most about magic is the community that I'm a part of. If it wasn't a part if I wasn't a part of the community, I probably wouldn't play anymore. Because it's just it, you know, it's just that doesn't mean as much to me as the people I get to meet. And, you know, the laughs we get to have and stuff. That's sure. So I have a question for you. 
Is Jerry a net positive or a net negative? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry is Jerry is a net positive. I, I will say, um, good answer. <laughs> I will say with the caveat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, Jerry, Jerry's definitely net positive. And as much as we like to rag on each other, I think I think a lot of it is out of love. I think that uh, Jerry's definitely one of the closest closer friends that I have. Um, and it's all because it's all because of magic, and that's one of the reasons why I say like how much I appreciate the game is because it's given me people who are who I've very close to um and it's because i met him through the game would you say that he's left so. a legacy i think he's i think he's i think he's still building a legacy i don't think he quite has a legacy yet probably needs another, I mean, another I, 100 episodes or so before he's got a legacy <laughs> to speak of i think the greatest testament to magic is i let someone as shady as bryant sleep in my house <laughs> <laughs> wow if it wasn't for magic that never would have happened apartment <laughs> You also had like fifteen pizza boxes, <laughs> fifteen there pizza no boxes, pizza and a ruined boxes. cast iron pan. <laughs> there were no pizza. Uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, Bryant comes wheeling up with a massive suitcase, making him look like he's some like diva coming in for like a multi month long stay. Oh, you mean Just like someone rolls... who brings clean changes of clothes for when they go into he was public? There for... Because he most... was there for. He was there for one night, it, and he brought a suitcase the size of a bureau. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to tell you something. So, Brian, so I support comes... you in this because there are too many Magic players who roll up to an event with their backpack full of Magic cards, one pair of cargo shorts, and the shirt they have on, and that's how they're rocking this weekend. Oh, so I appreciate you, what you Let did. me finish. Let me finish. Brian just comes rolling up into the apartment, drops his bag on the ground, and goes, huh. This is actually kind of nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Amazing. Brian. <laughs> I said large. Oh, large. Nice. This is actually kind of large. <laughs> so, like, I had been in plenty of New York City apartments, and I was expecting Boston apartments to be comparable size, and it was just much larger than I expected. Uh... But before Jerry conveniently forgets... <laughs> That suitcase was an air mattress with a blanket oh, yeah. and a pillow in it. Yeah. It's not then like Bryant proceeds clothes. to inflate an air mattress larger than my actual mattress. Oh. <laughs> it was like a king size, like fully like four feet off the ground when when inflated. <laughs> king size mattress that he just unfolds in my living room. <laughs> it sounds like Bryant was prepared. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you should take some notes from him, man, because he just won a 3K and you did not. <laughs> I don't, you didn't get a single win yesterday, Jerry. I yes, I did. I beat you. I beat your <laughs> that ass. That was an unsanctioned match. All I need to do is get one more swamp to cast my Lord of the Pit, and it was game over. Can't healing salve your way out of that. Oh man! <laughs> All right. Well, we're starting to run long. So, um, was there? A... I think I want to mention my yeah, favorite yeah, thing about the sure. probe banning. So, my deck has seventy signed cards in it. One of them is getting signed next month, and now I no longer need signed Gitaxian probes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, no. uh, I think uh, Nick Pin posted that. Yeah, no need to worry about Chippy's signature anymore. <laughs> uh, so we didn't we didn't really touch on that at all. It does does uh, Storm net positive, net negative, stay the same? I think you're going to see Storm about the same win percentage. I think it's going to be fine with how the meta breaks down. I think losing death rate gives you points losing probe you know loses points so it's gonna end up breaking uh, let's even. go in the circle real quick pat biggest loser from the bands biggest loser i i, I mean 
It's yeah, it's check, check, check pile. pile and Grixis. Sorry, pile. Those decks are I think like some people might try to play Grixis with like a Birds of Paradise. Um but I think I tr- I do I do truly think that Probe gave that deck quite a bit of legs. Um being able to put pro- between Probe Cabal Therapy and those easy uh delves for big Gurmag anglers um brought the deck up quite a bit. Uh the mana fixing and long long game ability of Deathrite Shaman where you didn't even need to enter combat if you didn't have to. Um, was what made that deck so good. So I think th- certainly Grixis Delver is is the big loser. I think the big winner is just the format of Legacy overall. I think we're going to see a really exciting Legacy Pro Tour. I think people are excited to play play the format. I think I think a shake up, honestly, a shake up once in a while in Legacy is not a bad thing, personally. Mm. What about you, Brian? It's, in my opinion, it has to be pile. Like any deck trying to cast. 12 different colors of mana <laughs> on turn four or five consecutively. Like you shouldn't be able to play like Calgan's command and then like him <laughs> snapcaster. I guess those are all very similar colors, but like the mana is just <laughs> atrocious and somehow yeah. they make it work. I feel like there should be a restriction on playing every color and there just wasn't one with that sort of deck. Yeah. And biggest winner you said Stoneforge. Stoneforge, uh, rug Delver. I think rug Delver is probably the new best deck. Nice. Uh, I think you guys are missing the obvious biggest loser. Uh, Doomsday. Doomsday oh is the red stepchild. Nobody cares, Nobody cares about Doomsday. Left and right. Doomsday gets Slinsley's Divining Top banned out of it. Now it gets Cataxian Probe out of it. Like someone was just, oh, just unintentionally don't, cackling don't worry. with Doomsday. So how many Doomsday <laughs> None now. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, Doomsday, they can still go O2 drop at any tournament they want. So nothing's changed for them. <laughs> I agree Biggest loser, Doomsday. <laughs> I think that was the oh, case. Oh, one and more. Are we going to do props and slops too tonight before we get out of here? Yeah. Well, let right. me do my biggest winner though. Oh, biggest okay. winner though. I will say. I will say unabashedly. Sneak and show. Biggest winner from uh, from the bannings. Wow. Whether it'll stick, that'll be I, seen. I, but I, I would say. For, I would say for the next like two months. Welcome to the sneak and show meta. I, I disagree. Yeah. Jerry is sneak blind. and show meta. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Jerry's just build, saying, build that Build Everpool. a sneak attack. Build, build that a sneak grizz. attack. Build that grizz. Yeah, <laughs> so dumb. Sneak and show. Welcome to the sneak and show meta for like the next two months no, until people because, figure because it out. Because one of the decks that gets a huge boost is a more streamlined, more aggressive, uh, more counter I'm telling you, Rug is not a bad matchup for sneak and show. That, you, are, you are insane. You are insane if you think that. So, Jerry, according to your conversation tonight, your deck has no bad matchup. No, our bad, matchup, like, our bad matchups are real. How, how, was, how, was, how was Grixis a worse matchup for you than fucking Rug Delver? Are you out of your gore? Because, because... I think Pat's going to be okay. <laughs> it's finally going to Because the deck running Soul Lands plays around days really easily. But they also uh, have... The discard... Like they... You would much, much, much rather deal with things like Goyf and Nimble Mongoose. Like, the biggest strength of, of Rug Delver is, like, the untouchable creature. And Sneaker Shirt just doesn't care. It doesn't care that that Nimble Mongoose has Hexproof and that Goyf is a two-mana vanilla Nimble, creature. Nimble it does not care. This is the longest closing of all time. Uh, let's, you know, we're, we're just going to end it at that. I'm just going to let history prove me right. All right. So real quick, real quick. <laughs> Build we get that out here, Grizz. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, we're going to do props and slops. Jerry, what are your props and slops this week? Then we're going to get uh, out of here. Real quick, though, uh, the Coda for Wesley. The Coda for Wesley, uh, we're wrapping that up. We have the Savannah up for raffle on the Facebook. I'm going to have to bump that because it has been buried under a tirade of bans <laughs> and restricted announcements. But there is a Savannah up for raffle. All Can the I throw in a playset of Deathrite Shaman that come with a Savannah? 
<laughs> sure, Pat. All Pat right. will also sit there with a, a place on a death right shot. Uh, I'll make like little poop emojis on it. It'll be great. <laughs> so Pat's going to throw those in. We have a Savannah up for raffle right now. Uh, all the proceeds go into Coda for Wesley. And uh, yeah, it's on the Facebook page. Awesome. All right. Props and slops, Pat. Yeah, props and slops. Jerry, who, what are your props and slops this week? Oh, man, I have so many. Uh, Bryant for coming in and uh, just having an awesome time with you. Uh, it was awesome uh, kind of spending the weekend with you and Wilson, uh, having you guys stay over Friday and Saturday, so I had a great time. Uh, also, Wilson for coming up, flying up, being our third commentator in the booth, uh, helping us out so much. Um, I'm really happy that Cardboard Live was a big success. That was awesome uh, to see that that work well, so though. I really appreciated Wilson coming up and kind of helping us. It wouldn't have been possible to make uh, to kind of make the event as uh, awesome as it was mm-hmm. without him. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Michelle at uh, Gaming Etc. and Gaming Etc. in general, just all the staff and judges. Ian, the head judge of the event, who's one of my favorite judges in the world. He's super funny. Uh, just coming on up and kind of just everyone who showed up for the big event. Uh, sure. And yeah, just everyone who kind of interacted with us on stream, hung out. It was it was a great time. Awesome. Um, slops? Uh, I got no slops. You know, I'm, I'm in the words of Biggie, Biggie Smalls, spread love. Wow. It's the Brooklyn way, Pat. I don't have slops. All right, I'm going under No, no slops. slops. I, uh, Death Rate Chaman is, Death Rate Chaman was banned. I got, I got no uh, hate today. Uh, how about you, Bryant? Do you have any props and slops this week? So, I'm sorry, poops so my and scoops. What am I doing? Are, what am I saying? Poops and scoops. I don't know. I thought you were, no, I thought you were going uh, all improv on me. I, let, I was letting you run with it. Sorry, sorry. Scoops, <laughs> scoops and poops. Nope, I'm doing prop slops. Uh, so props, shameless plug, the epic storm. Hell yeah. Got crushed this weekend. Uh, shout out to my boy, Anthony. Big top eight, top four. Awesome to see him do it. Uh, also, props, Death Rate Shaman, dead. Pretty happy about that. Slops. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Your opinion on sneaking show is wrong, yes. and you will learn yep. in time. Um, <laughs> time shall prove me right. <laughs> so, scoop, scoops for me this week. Uh, um, Wilson, thank you so much. I'm sure he doesn't. He's not going to listen to this because he's a smart man and does smart things with his time. Um, but uh, if someone clips this and sends it to him, thank you so much for coming up. It was really fantastic to finally meet you in the flesh. Uh, we've we've talked a lot back and forth, and I really admire what he's done uh, in Legacy. Uh, I, I really admire what he's done with Cardboard Live. I, I, I'm not, we're not compensated. We're not paid. We're not given any extra edges. Um, but his, his extension is really fantastic and it lets you interact, uh, with streams in a, a far more significant way than you have been in the past. People in chat loved it. And, um, I really, really hope we're able to get back the replay. Cause if that's, if that's, uh, live in the replay as well, that is just a really, that's just a boon for, for, for viewers. Um, also, Bryant, thank you so much for, first of all, for coming up to the tournament. Congratulations on crushing it, man. You did a great job. And, uh, thanks for coming on tonight and, and talking with thank us. You. And I know we do a lot, we do all do a lot of ball busting back and forth, but I do, again, I do really admire you. Uh, I think you're a great player and I think you're a great guy. And it was really, really great to have you up, uh, for the tournament. <laughs> I came on this for you, Pat. Um, also, thanks. Uh, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna give a scoop into Etsy and Michelle and and John. They ran a flawless tournament, and Ian, the head judge, ran a flawless tournament. Um, great customer service. Uh, made sure the two latecomers were able to get in and uh, and get playing. Um, so thank you to them for making the tournament so great. Can't wait to run the next one. Hopefully in the next uh, two or three months. And also one final scoop into Cardboard Live. Uh, just really awesome extension. I can't wait to see that rolled out for everything. 
Uh, that should be on every single premiere and uh, every stream magic paper event should have cardboard live. Um, and then two, I have two poops. Uh, the first one is the lack of land shark beer in the booth. I was a little disappointed in that. <laughs> I was expecting Wilson to come, come up on, with at Wilson. least at least a thirty of of land shark. Um, and also <laughs> one one final poop. And I can't believe you missed this one, Jerry. Uh, one final poop on Twitch. Thanks, thanks a lot. Oh yeah, poop on Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> god damn it, Twitch. And, you know, there, I didn't see any free Boston market. <laughs> oh, it's because Jerry I know, got Especially to they have that deal, one ninety nine rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it should, you know, honestly, like uh, if we really wanted to meme it up, instead of having the Domino's pizzas brought in, it should have been a bunch of rotisserie chickens. <laughs> yeah, for for the next one, I think the trophy is going to be a Boston market rotisserie yeah, chicken. Like, it will be the. T- <laughs> well, I didn't get a trophy. Now that we've done an event, like trophy, like there are a lot of things that I think we did well. But there are also things I think we can improve yes. upon. And that's something Jerry and I are going to be talking about this week. Just our takeaways mm-hmm. from the event. I want to make them, I want to make them all awesome. I want to keep improving every time. I want to make them better. I want to make it so that guys like Bryant and other like really fantastic players, um, in the, who, who are like, not even in the area, but like can come to this, come to this event. It draws them to the event. They're, they're excited to come to it. Um, that's what I really want. I want to make it uh, an event for legacy players, by legacy players, in a shop that is just – I mean, I love Etsy. It's just a great store. So um, I can't wait for the next one. We will have a date for that really soon. It will also be streamed, of course, um, and we'll have lots more surprises down the road. And recorded. And recorded. Yes. <laughs> dig. Um, Last little dig. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, but that's it. So uh, we're going to get out of yeah. here. It's been a long episode, but it's been awesome. So much to talk about. And next week, we're going to go, uh, we're going to have an even deeper dive into the tournament. We're going to have a metagame breakdown deck by deck. And also, uh, we'll, ha- I'll post the topic deck list on the Leaving Legacy page so you guys can take a closer look at those. Yeah, guys, thanks for coming <laughs> on my podcast. Enjoy That's editing, Bryant. It's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yes. <laughs> oh, speaking of Pat, one last announcement. Oh, yeah. Uh, we- we are, we're in the, we want to look for an editor, uh, compensated position. So, uh, if you are interested in editing, you don't have to do it professionally. Uh, we would just kind of like someone who has a little bit of experience with, uh, editing and editing software, but it would definitely be, get in contact. The specifics, this, I'll, I'll give you the specifics real quick. The 30 second pitch, uh, it's audio only editing. We'd ship you, um, you know, a handful of tracks, two to three to four tracks tops. Uh, you, you line them up, you mix them down, you make sure they sound good. Uh, you put in our intro and outro, uh, mix and render, export them to me. Uh, we record generally Monday nights. We would need them turned back to us by Thursday evening. And that's all we really need. Um, we're just looking for an editor so that it just frees me up. Honestly, it's just the, the time has become a bit of a a pinch for me. And, um, I'm going to be changing careers shortly. And I think, uh, in order for me to be able to keep doing the podcast and also be able to stream and whatnot, I'd love to be able to take my Tuesdays, which is normally editing and turn that into a stream day, uh, in addition to my Wednesdays and Fridays. So uh, if we can get an editor, that'd be yeah. awesome. And uh, yeah, and we will pay you yeah, in oh, yeah, actual sure. money, so like real hard currency, yeah, hard not. Cur- not like not like gold bullion or anything nope, like nope. that. Nope, paid directly to you. Uh, and Uncle Sam's not getting a single cut of it. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for laying that out off for uh, evidence to be used in court, Pat. <laughs> yep. I hope you're listening. I don't pay my taxes. Try and get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trump didn't All right, his. so till next time, this is uh, Jerry and, and Patrick guesting on the podcast with our host Bryant. Out. <laughs>